0: If I were to say to you, especially in design and architecture, there is a rule that exists there that's as integral to design as gravity is to our staying on this earth. Well, this rule is form always follows function. So you have to ask yourself, when God formed the man and then when he formed the woman, did he have those functions in mind? And I say, yes, he did.
1: My name is Elijah. This is Kingdom Subjects. I'm joined here today uh, by an amazing guest, Jody Bournemouth. Is that how you say it, Bournemouth? That's how you say it. Um, she's a professor at Pacific Bible College, uh, earned her, her doctorate degree at Multnomah Biblical Seminary, hmm? uh, along uh, with other accolades. Jody's a champion for family, uh, especially women's ministry, and has pioneered a yearly conference, Women of the Word. Is that right?
0: Now, it was a while ago, but yes, I did. There, Almost okay. 10 years. Yeah. 10 years worth.
1: Hmm. So um, I first met you at Pacific Bible College, which is where we're recording this, uh, where you famously teach gender, marriage, and family studies, yes. where all the students are, <laughs> you know, they walk out of that class with their minds blown and, you know, really excited. Um, and a quote from that, that class that I found is, it challenges men and women to discover the true biblical reason for why God created two genders. Right. Welcome Jody to Kingdom Subjects. Thank you subjects. for having me. Yes, <laughs> yeah. totally. Um, so I would say, I'm just going to start by saying right now, we live in a time and a place uh, that questions the, just the existence of gender. Mm-hmm. Um, or that there are two genders. And mm-hmm. That's no mystery. You know, we live in the West Coast and uh, I don't know how many genders people say there are at this point. Um, but biological sex has been turned into all sorts of different avenues. Um, and the month of June is coming up, which is known as pride, you know, pride month. Mm -hmm. And so I think this is a really, a a really important time for Christians to be, um, just discussing what it means to, to have two genders. And, and I think that your statement that this, the statement that you said, why God created two genders um, That was about your class is, is almost radical. Mm. I don't know. Would you agree with that?
0: It's actually the premise of my class. Mm. The premise of my class asks the question why did God create two genders? Mm. Given today's culture and all the genders that seem to be out there, mm. I've heard mm-hmm. upwards to 600 plus. Mm. Um, it it begs the question, then if that was the case, then why did God create two, just two? Hmm. He could have created one. He could have created three. But he only created two. Hmm. And so the that's the beginning question that I pose in my hmm. class is, let's take hmm. a look at why God created two genders.
1: Hmm. Yeah. So I'm going to read from your syllabus here. It says, God's original design and purpose for humanity has remained the same since Genesis 1 and 2. He created male and female for relationships with him and each other. This design reflects his image and forms the environment for marriage and the family unit, which is the fundamental basis of society. Uh, So reading this, it appears uh, you would consider yourself maybe complementarian.
0: I am. Mm -hmm. Now there are three basic views out today.
1: What are those? There
0: are two in the complementarian camp, and Mm -hmm. there's one in the egalitarian. There used to be two, Mm -hmm. but the second one was pretty radical, so they've moved back toward the middle, and so now there's only one egalitarian view. My view is the moderate complementarian. Mm -hmm. There's also a traditional Mm -hmm. complementarian And the traditional complementarians see themselves more as really we would prefer women not to teach men. Mm -hmm. We really would prefer that they um, focus on ministries in the church Mm -hmm. where maybe children, uh, women's ministries. Mm -hmm. Whereas the moderate complementarian sees avenues and pathways for a woman to teach men Mm -hmm. under the auspices of the elder. Yeah. But... There are a lot of oppor- lot more opportunities available, mm. and even the the potential to teach in the pulpit is made possible by this view
1: mm. without
0: violating scripture.
1: Yeah. yeah, with the with the moderate with the moderate, moderate view. view,
0: right? So I tend to be on the moderate side. I, after all the years I've been involved in this subject since, I would say ni- nineteen ninety.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So you do the math. I'm that old.
2: <laughs>
0: um, I've seen a lot. Yeah. And I was, I was a, a dyed-in-the-wool, staunch feminist mm-hmm. in my early years growing mm-hmm. up. I was not a believer, and I embraced the feminist movement mm-hmm. full on, yeah. totally.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And when I actually came to know the Lord, which is a whole nother story in and of itself, you know, how does the Lord save a feminist? Um, (laughs) it was, it was pretty dramatic, but I had to, um, approach then my newfound faith Mm -hmm. with an openness. And so kind of really, I guess I would have to say almost from 1973, I have been looking at reversing or thinking through my original Mm -hmm. ideas about feminism. Mm -hmm. And really that's what has brought me in the nineties, especially, To begin to think through how to teach what I believe. Hmm. But you can imagine that it took it was quite a job really for the Bible, really, to change my mind to to help me see what it had to say.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. I found out that there is a lot of things that I did not have right. Hmm. There's a lot of mythology out there. Um, and not just a in, in the feminist realm but there's a mm-hmm. lot of mythology about what women and men are
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, what what we believe as a, as a church
2: yeah
0: um, what we think submission is mm-hmm. uh, in I like to take my class and I like to debunk those myths yeah. Mm-hmm. so yeah
1: I would love to unpack that a little bit oh, like the, yeah. you know I know we, we only have a limited amount of time but like the uh, mythology and that sort of thing and Um, So you, you know, I feel like there is a shift, I could be wrong, I'm not super well read in feminism, but I feel like there's a shift in maybe the 1950s and 60s where maybe feminism started out as, okay, this is a movement to bring, uh, it's just kind of to be equal, and then it almost became a, let's just dissolve the the hierarchy altogether. Right. Um, So that, you know, either women are... I don't know exactly, but we're just gonna we're just gonna equal the playing field so that there's none at all. Right. Does that make sense?
0: Yes, because you know one of the things I try to get across to the students is don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Mm. In other words, there's usually a middle ground, and 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 there's good in mm-hmm. that middle ground. Yeah. And so, in the feminist movement, a lot of good was mm-hmm. there, yeah. and that was. Um, highlighting uh, abuse Mm -hmm. and highlighting uh, unequal pay Mm -hmm. for uh, uh, equal work. Right. And all of those things were good. So it it started there. And it started with this idea that, you know, that needs to happen. Mm -hmm. It also, running parallel with that, was this idea that women couldn't really be fulfilled or happy in the home. Mm. And that's kind of where, I, um, you know, I embraced that. Mm-hmm. I took that on. Yeah. I'm going to have a career. And so taking all of that with me, eventually I began to feel like feminism was actually moving above men
2: mm. and
0: saying, we, we actually are not just equal, but kind of superior mm-hmm. to men. If we have the reins, we will solve the problems of the world. Mm. And so now fast forward to my reading the Bible for the first time. I'm looking at this Bible like it's going to just be full of all kinds Mm. of oppression Mm -hmm. and all kinds of meanness to women. And I was shocked when I read and found that that wasn't necessarily true. Mm-hmm. And and the first thing I can tell you is that in Genesis 1 and Genesis 2, I realized that God created men and women equal
2: mm-hmm.
0: in the image of God.
2: Yeah,
0: And that phrase alone, you talk about unpacking. Yeah, I didn't get past that phrase for a long time because I needed to understand it. What mm-hmm. did that mean? Yeah. And so the more I studied it and the more I figured out what it meant to be made in the image of God mm-hmm. and the more I understood how that gives both men and women equal worth, equal value, mm-hmm. irregardless of my role. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what I do. Yeah. And I realized that God is an equal opportunity employer yeah. in, a se- <laughs> yep. in essence, uh-huh. right? Yep. He was saying to me at the time, you know, it doesn't matter um, your role. It doesn't matter what you do. Mm-hmm. What, what is important to me is I will define you first, and I define you as an image bearer,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I define you as a, a, a reflection of me, yeah. and that means both men and women. Mm-hmm. So basically it's saying I identify myself not by what I do, but by who God says I am.
2: Mm-hmm. So
0: it's my being that brings me my identity mm. not what i do right. out there or feel or and that was a, a big surprise to me that god started with this foundation right from the get go mm-hmm. in this bible that i'm equal to anybody else in the entire world past present or future mm. that i am no better than and i am no less than
2: mm.
0: anybody else mm-hmm. And so then being made in God's image, I realized the richness mm. that is there. And I admit, even in a faith-based realm, yeah. we don't treat being made in God's image necessarily with the emphasis that I think we should.
2: Mm. I
0: feel like it sh- we should be doing flip-flops. Yeah. We should be doing cartwheels. We should be so excited about the mm. fact
2: yeah. that
0: we carry, we are an image bearer. And that with that comes this idea that we reflect him. Mm. And so the next question is, you know, what does that mean? Right. What does it mean to reflect God? And there are four or five, maybe even more different theories Uh about what it is to be made in the image of God Uh and what does that really do. I tend to embrace Anthony Hokuma's theory, which is functional holism. Uh Mm-hmm. Which means that how I'm structured, body, soul, and spirit, Uh biologically, how I'm structured, um, how I function in this world, Uh and how I relate to you, for instance, Uh all three of those are meant to reflect God.
1: Okay. So you're being how you function and how you relate. Is that correct? Okay. All three three
0: he took them whereas the other three theories take each one of those separately okay. and say that that's what we do so
1: it's a holistic
0: very whole that's why mm-hmm. it's called functional holism okay and um and so then I wanted to know okay so what what does God intend for us to reflect hmm. and if we are to reflect and image him then that means that when anybody looks at me over a period of time hmm they should see more and more and more of the characteristics of God.
2: Hmm. There
0: should be something about what I'm doing, what I'm saying, how I'm reacting, uh, how I'm uh, relating, how I'm functioning, and just my very being biologically. It should show them what God looks like. Yeah. And so... I went, oh, that's cool. Well, that'll be fun to figure out, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> right. Well, and then I realized, well, wait, but men and women, though equal, mm. we aren't the same. Right. We are not biologically created the same. And I just kind of thought, well, then does that mean men reflect something different mm. than from what women reflect? And so therein was my next sort of major right. journey. And it took me a while because it took me looking through most of the Bible
2: mm-hmm.
0: to, to figure out that God is a lot of things. We can call God omnipotent. We can call him omnipresent. We call him mm-hmm. all of these things, and he is all those things. Right. But I also began to realize that God consists of opposites Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or one would call them contrasts or, um, you, you would, you would have to say it's not conflicting Mm -hmm. contrasts. It's not conflicting opposites. Mm -hmm. So in other words, they don't fight against each other. Mm -hmm. Um, there are complementary opposites like salt and pepper, Mm -hmm. sugar and cream. Right. And look at you. You're made up of opposites. Mm-hmm. You have a right eye and a left eye. You have mm-hmm. a right hand and a left hand. Right. You know, they complement each other.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And that is what is meant by God having opposites.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, he's he's still one being. right? But he's also three distinct persons as we look at them. We call that the Trinity.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So the reason I bring that up is you can be whole and one and equal and also distinct Hmm. in being yeah only god can do that but yet i believe he's made us that way Hmm. in the sense that men and women are equal but we're different we're distinct yeah okay so it's important also as we look at that i tried to find god's gender
1: Right. I thought that oh, was sure there was right. one. There's <laughs> gotta be one, right? There has yeah. to be one. <laughs> and
0: although many would say what well, he he um presents himself as male, mm-hmm. um God actually presents himself as female as mm-hmm. well. In mm-hmm. and, and it, it so he's he says I am the father, yet he never says I am the mother. Uh-huh.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: He says
0: I am like a husband. He says I am like a mother. Yeah. And so it's The verses, when I began to study those, I began to realize, whoa, see, God consists of opposites. And I found lots of opposites, but the ones that were the most meaningful to me were the ones where God is uh, responsible as the ruler, the sovereign, kind of the buck stops here guy. I set up the rules, and I'm responsible for them, and I will see them through. On the other side of that, he's helper-ally. Mm-hmm. And they're clearly opposite. I mean, helper-ally even indicates servant mm-hmm. in the sense that God comes along beside us and helps us and strengthens us so that we can do whatever it is we need to do. Mm. So here we have responsible ruler and, and servant-helper-ally, if you will. We also have the father like a husband, we also have like a mother.
2: Mm.
0: And so I'm going, huh, this is becoming so in- interesting. Yeah, He's also transcendent. He's also imminent. Um, transcendent meaning separate from, because of sin, pure, mm. holy, just.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, uh, imminent meaning very close, very near, wanting relationship mm. in spite of sin. Right. Right. And then lastly, I discovered his love. Yeah. But it also has two, two parts, opposites. He is in his transcendent, responsible rulership. He must be just. Mm. So he has, his love is just. Yeah, You know, it, it has to discipline those of us, his mm-hmm. children. <clears throat> but he's also gr- gracious in his love. Mm. Where he comes beside us and dwells with us in, mm-hmm. in spite of our sin. Where he forgives us. And shows kindness to us, even in the midst of our sin. Yeah. So you see those opposites. Yeah. Well, I thought that was interesting. But then when I revisited Genesis 1 and 2, I realized that when God created the man, he created and formed him and then assigned functions to him. Mm -hmm. And one of them was to be responsible for the rule. And I went, huh. Hmm. Maybe there's something in that and important to God that the male form especially reflect. Mm. And that is that responsibility for the rule, for his rules. Now at the time in the garden it was only one
1: rule. Right.
0: Wouldn't that be nice? Right. <laughs> we just had one rule.
1: And I gotta say, he didn't do a very good job. <laughs> no, nor he had would one I. job. Nor would I, do I think. Okay, yeah.
0: so so I thought, okay, that's really cool. Mm-hmm. I like that. And then it doesn't take very long before God says, one being created in my image is not enough. It's, it needs another one. Mm-hmm. And if you study the, the word where it talks about it's not good for man to be alone,
2: mm-hmm. yeah. it
0: really means it's not good for man to be the lone one, we're hmm. the only. Yes, one. Wow, that's good. Isn't that oh, cool? That gives
1: me chills. <laughs> so, the, he, so this expression of God—it's it, not good for that to be the only, only expression, one, yeah. right? Okay,
0: to be that responsible mm-hmm. one for the rule, right? The book stops here, so person, right? right. Uh-huh. There needs to be another one, mm-hmm. and so from the very beginning, God knew He was going to create a responsible ruler, and mm-hmm. then we know later in chapter two He says a suitable helper, ally.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And that's where another, a lot of the mythology comes in with uh-huh. the word helper. Um, right. We don't do a good job in America of explaining helper. Mm-hmm. We think a helper is like an assistant to mm-hmm. the boss, right. um, an underling of some type. But we must remember that when God created male and female, he created them equal as image bearers.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So suitable helper actually means equal and corresponding to a strength that comes in that only the woman has
2: mm-hmm.
0: as a military yeah. ally yeah. who comes into a battle mm-hmm. adds to strength that only that ally could add that won the battle.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It's a totally different.
2: Yeah, and the totally Hebrews different.
0: knew, yeah. the Hebrews knew what uh, Ezer helper yeah. ally translates as Ezer yeah. in the Hebrew. And they knew what that was. Mm-hmm. They knew that God himself Called himself helper, right? And so it would have been a high privilege mm. in their minds. It's yeah. lost, kind of, in America.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So now we see that he created a male and a female to reflect him,
1: yeah.
0: And we see that he's made of opposites.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then I realized in Genesis one, when he first starts creating, what does he create? Day and night. Mm-hmm land and sea what are right. those they're opposites they're opposites yeah
1: complementary opposites yes yeah.
0: complementary opposites and yeah. then he gets to male and female
1: yeah mm. so that
0: is what we are yeah. in my opinion wow complementary opposites created to bear his image mm-hmm. in a way that reflects his opposites mm. and we don't know that yeah we don't it's 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 what simplifies the gender question and I don't mean not the struggles and the issues and all that goes on in a person's mind and heart about their gender, but in terms of why God created two genders,
1: mm-hmm.
0: he created to reflect his opposites. Mm-hmm. And you can only have two
2: mm-hmm.
0: in opposites.
1: Yeah, that's well put. You can't only have You can't have, have, two. have yeah. three. Yeah,
0: You can't have one.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Going beyond that, then we see... Uh, the role, the 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 only real distinct role function I find mm-hmm. in scripture is the responsible ruler and the suitable helper ally. Mm-hmm. Other things I see both doing. And when we get to Genesis 128, we see that they are given mutual functions to mm-hmm. do together, yeah. you know, be fruitful, multiply, um, rule over nature. All of that was given to both of them.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And so, I think it's important, too, that we dispel the myth that it isn't just mutual Mm -hmm. and it isn't just distinct Mm -hmm. function and role. It's both and. Mm. Yes. And so if we could think in the both and realm, we would be much happier
1: Mm.
0: in the kingdom.
1: Yeah.
0: I think and happier in the world because God is both one and three. Yeah. He is both equal in all of himself, and he is distinct. Yeah. Right? We are both equal, male and female, in value and order. Yeah. But we are also distinct Mm. biologically. God has a reason for all of that. We can have distinct functions, Mm. and we can have mutual functions, both and. (laughs) And I could keep going. Yeah. You know? (laughs) I don't know if you want me to or not, but... That's the premise Mm -hmm. of, uh, and then I try to express how that is borne out in Mm. scripture from the Old Testament right on into the New Testament. Right. Because sin enters in, Mm -hmm. right, Right. in Genesis 3. And so then we have to discuss, what did that do? And um, I like to express to anybody who studies Genesis 3, that the most controversial verse in Genesis 3 is the one where... It says, "And you shall, um, whoa, wait, My mind just went blank. <laughs> In uh, Genesis three sixteen, yeah. And you shall something your husband.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can pull it up. What is it? You, yeah, you know, shall, I, I and notice, he shall,
0: yeah. and he shall rule. Shall I
1: shall rule over you. Yeah, yeah.
0: you shall mm-hmm. desire your husband, mm-hmm. and he shall rule over you. Yeah, Excuse me for is. that. Yep. Do a little bit of brain fade, yeah. <laughs> but." Um, that's a really controversial verse, right. and there's like five, six, seven different interpretations for it. Mm-hmm. Most of them are negative, and some are positive. Mm-hmm. The other mythology about this is that not n- not too often do you hear the positive way in which it can be interpreted, mm-hmm. and so I like to bring that out in class. Let's talk about all of the interpretations, and and let's find out which one you think fits best with God creating these two, with their sinning, Mm -hmm. and with this first disciplining Eve, then this statement, then he disciplines Adam. Mm -hmm. And so in the middle there is this statement, and you shall desire your husband, he shall rule over you. Is it a discipline? Is it a continuation of the discipline? Or is it more of an affirmation?
2: Mm -hmm.
0: In other words even though i disciplined you eve this is what i expected from you and expect from you in the future mm. so again it's both and it's both descriptive of how i want you to act and how i created you for in the past mm-hmm. but it's also um, prescriptive in the sense that this is what i want to see you do in the future mm. and i i never tell a student how to think i just tell them right what it what it is right. and what do they think? Did he curse his image hmm. in the disciplines or did yeah. he affirm his image? Yeah.
1: yeah, because we see that the discipline, it, he do, he makes things, he doesn't change anything. He makes them harsher. Right. So he says, I will increase your your pains and childbearing. Right. But she was going to bear children anyways, anyway. I'm supposing, right? And then we were going to make, he made work more toilsome for man and so he's not changing their images at all he's just saying hey these things that you were going to do are now going to be much more difficult yeah so i think that yeah much yeah much harder so i think that it does go along with what you're saying of he's not um all of a sudden pulling a fast one on eve and saying okay you're now going to do this but maybe like you said it's it's part of the design and he's affirming that is that what you're yeah i feel Mm. like
0: if you've ever had children, and I know you have a brand new baby, Mm -hmm. but at some point you're going to have to discipline that child. And I think of, of him as, as a teenager Mm -hmm. and he has not contacted you, um, past curfew and he slips in the door hoping not to be seen and you catch him. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And uh, okay, so now you're going to have to have a talk with him.
2: right?
0: Right. A lot of parents will describe what it is they did wrong and help help them to understand you see how that was wrong right okay but this is what i want you to do next time
2: hmm.
0: right remember that in the past i said if it goes past midnight then you need to text me right and so in the future this is what i want you to do so in in that one verse he her desire will be for her husband and he shall rule over her could equally be that that this is what i told you to do in the past and this is what i want you to do in the future mm. because if you study the words desire and rule they do not necessarily need to mean negative mm. they can be positive
1: yeah
0: and so it's like he's saying in spite of all of that eve i want you to focus intensely yeah that's what desire is an intense focus mm. on your husband yeah on because that's who you have. He's right in front of you. Mm -hmm. That's who I gave to you for you to focus on. Not the one thing you can't have, which was the tree. Mm -hmm. I want you to focus on the one thing you do have. Right. And then he turns to Adam. Now he's going to get ready to discipline him. Right. But he turns Mm -hmm. to Adam and he says, and you shall rule over her. Mm-hmm. Rule is not necessarily oppressive, right? In fact, it's more rarely oppressive. Mm-hmm. It's more that you manage well and responsibly mm-hmm. over her. Yeah, because jo- uh, uh, in the in the book of Deuteronomy, as we get toward the end, in the last chapters, and we start to study about why can't I i am having brain fades today for some reason. Um uh, the the guy who's the right hand of Pharaoh.
1: <laughs> oh. oh no, no I'm See, sorry, I've too. done it to yeah. you too. Um,
0: it's so funny. Anyway. Which
1: book are we talking about? Genesis. Oh, in Genesis, the right hand of Pharaoh. Oh, yeah, no, he gonna, you know <laughs> now I'm gonna get all all so terrible. Up. Yeah. anyway he was yeah.
0: he was um he was put in charge he represented. Oh, Potiphar? No, he represented Pharaoh Uh and he, and it's the guy with the coat of many colors. Oh, Joseph. Joseph. I I wanted to say Joseph, but for some reason I didn't think that was right. Yeah. Anyway, Joseph was put in charge of Mm -hmm. all that Pharaoh owned, Mm -hmm. given a ring that signified and represented Pharaoh to the people. Mm -hmm. And he was called Mashal. It's both a noun and it can also be a verb. He was a mashal. So if you mashal something, mm-hmm. then you are to rule and be responsible for all that is around you, mm-hmm. especially spiritually. Yeah. And in this case, I think God was reminding mm-hmm. both Adam and Eve of why he had created them the way he had and what it is he wanted them to do in the future.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So he was doing that same thing that you would do to a teenager. Now remember, this is why I said about curfew. But now in the future, I also want you to right. even though it's going to be harder for you now, mm-hmm. and it is going to be harder for them. Yeah. I still want you to act and relate and function the way that I created you in the beginning. Yeah. So it's just another viewpoint that I don't ever hardly hear about. But other scholars embrace it. And, mm-hmm. I, you know, um, we talk about that, of course, in class so that they don't think it's just my idea.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: so I like students to, to give thought to all the possibilities mm-hmm. and think through and make the whole thing consistent all the way through. Yeah, And um, so, oddly enough, in... In the midst of all this, I discover another truth that makes the, made a lot of sense to me in mm-hmm. all of this, Genesis 1, 2, and 3. Right. And that is, if I were to say to you, especially in design and architecture, mm-hmm. uh, interior design, there is a rule that exists there mm-hmm. that's as um, integral to design as gravity is to our staying on this earth right and it's non-negotiable i mean you don't you don't say gravity isn't there right or you don't say it sort of is Mm -hmm. there is there it has to yeah well this rule is uh, that form always follows function Mm -hmm. so you have to ask yourself Mm -hmm. when god formed the man and then when he formed the woman right did he have those functions in mind?
1: Mm.
0: And I say, yes, he did. Yeah, He knew he was going to form the man
1: mm-hmm. in
0: such a way, and I believe intrinsically, ontologically, yeah. to be the one responsible for his rule. Mm-hmm. He, he blew that, but he was still responsible. Right. And I believe he created Eve in that same vein as that suitable, strong mm-hmm. helper, ally. Yeah. And...
1: In- let me pause you there yeah. because I was watching a video of your class and you had the students take Play-Doh mm. and you said you wanted them to form it into, some students form it into a ball and some students form it into a cup that could hold water.
0: Actually, what I said was, I want you to shape one lump into mm. into, into, into any, any shape, form you yeah. want, uh-huh. but it has to hold water.
1: Ah, uh, okay. And the uh-huh. other
0: one, I want you to, Form into any shape that yes. you want, but I want to see if it will bounce. Uh-huh. And so yeah.
1: I didn't tell them, uh-huh. but that's
0: what they form. Right, exactly. Right?
1: Yeah. And so w- with that function in mind, they're not going to create a cylindrical ball that's going to try to hold water because no. it's just like it'd be, it's not going to work. <laughs> it's not going to work, right? And so it right. would be silly to assume of God that. He's going to create forms that don't do their function is exactly. It? So yes, yeah, so I thought that was a really uh, well illustrated point. Well, and
0: and it's important I think for the, for the guys to see because I think they get they get off a little bit sometimes on authority, which mm-hmm. is a whole other mythology, by right. the way. Um, what authority really is in Scripture, or right. at least what I think it really is mm-hmm. in the Scripture.
1: We might have to touch on that. Yeah, well, <laughs> the whole patriarchy thing. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, but I just think it's important that, that, uh, that they understand uh, as far as, as the guy goes that when he assigns to the guy the responsibility for this rule.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So there he is. He's on, the, he's on the ground. He's been formed. He's told to cultivate. Mm-hmm. He's told to keep the garden. And then he's um, told, don't do this one thing. Mm. And I always ask this question. So, Elijah. Where was the woman
1: in this, in this moment? Yes. I don't know.
0: Yeah. She, mm-hmm. well, we know one thing. She was yeah. not there yet. Yeah. Wherever she was in the mind of God as a, a form he was going to create to function mm-hmm. a certain way. He, she was not there present in right. the garden
1: yet. Oh, right. Uh-huh.
0: And I say, what does that tell you guys as far as those assigned functions? And then they go, oh, well, these are our jobs. Mm -hmm. And I said, yeah, pretty specific.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Later on, you can find some emphasis where God is telling the woman to also cultivate and also keep, which is Mm -hmm. to protect. Don't mess with uh, a mom and her children, Mm -hmm. and you'll see the mother bear come out, Right. right? But you never find anywhere where she's given the responsibility for the for the rule, and he's told to be a suitable helper. Mm-hmm. So overall, when you study all of one, two, and three, you get this idea that the one distinct function that God intends to be as opposites and upheld universally is the one responsible for the rule and the suitable helper ally. Mm-hmm. Because if you look at Genesis 3, Elijah, Eve was the one that blew it. Mm-hmm. But then you have to ask yourself, who did God summon? Mm, And the word is summon. Yeah. He summoned somebody from the two of them. And it was the man. Mm -hmm. And he said this twice in scripture. He said, have you eaten of Mm -hmm. the tree of which I commanded you not to
2: eat? He is
0: not talking to both of them. Mm -hmm. It is um, and its, Obvious when you study the pronouns that he is talking to the right, him, right? Right. And so we know that God is going held Adam responsible, and right. we also know this from Romans, and we know this First Corinthians fifteen in the New Testament mm-hmm. that he was the first Adam, and sin entered right. through Adam, yeah. and then Jesus is a second Adam.
1: So, so it's like this concept of ru- ruler is he's being held accountable at the end yes. of the day, yes, for for either him or eve and right. so it's it's not something for men to get to read the bible and think oh look you know this is a great job No, it's, this right. is this is something to be sober about
0: super serious yeah very i would serious. not want to be a man i'm sorry <laughs> elijah but i am glad i'm a woman mm-hmm. and i'm glad that i have a unique strength within me i believe it's god-given and ontological mm-hmm. that i know i can add to a situation with my brother or my father or my husband or the elders at my church or my brothers in Christ or people at work, I can add that strength at a time that is most needful and it can make a total difference in their life. But yeah, when push comes to shove and when you study the New Testament Mm -hmm. and Jesus Christ, Mm -hmm. um, he refers less to rulership. He refers more to headship. Mm-hmm. And I think that's because he is head, mm. though he's also called ruler. Um, and you, when you study Jesus Christ, you find the exact same opposites.
2: Mm.
0: Well, he's God, right? right? You see the same opposites. Mm-hmm. And when you study the Holy Spirit, yeah. you see the same opposites. So when Christ comes in us to conform us to himself, the question becomes, does he conform all of us to himself, his children? Mm -hmm. Of course. But does he also, this is a both and, Mm -hmm. does he also know he's within the body of a woman and he's going to conform her back into the strong helper ally?
2: Mm.
0: And when he knows when he's in the body of a man, and he's going to conform him into the responsible ruler, mm-hmm. both of which Jesus is. Right. Jesus was called helper yep. and Jesus was called ruler and mm-hmm. king. He was called servant, yeah. paraclete, you know, all of these things he was called. So was the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Yep. So when it comes to conforming us out of our sinful mm-hmm. ways, I believe that's what Christ is after. He's after love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. But he's also after what I believe to be certain gender distinct conforming processes. So we have a lot of fun talking yes, about that, yes. let me tell you. Because I have to, of course, I have to show where I believe that is. And so we go to Philippians 2 and Ephesians 5 and 1 Peter 2 and 3. We have a lot of fun.